DLC. Especially if you are doing your part, staying home, staying in. We're still getting through this thing together, but we're going to try to help by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Audible, Postmates, and Ritual. They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games uh, all about dice luck and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. That's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, well, once again, returning champion, back my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who's sporting a brand new haircut mr christian spicer hello christian hello jeff hello everyone yes i let my oldest daughter cut my hair it was a long made to go promise and uh afterwards i was like did this did this go as you envisioned is this how you pictured it and she's like oh i didn't picture it at all i was like yeah <laughs> oh step one picture it pretty step- clear Step one is the picturing it. Step two is the trying to get it close to the picture. If you have no picturing it, yeah. uh, I don't know. What are you going to do? First episode from the new spot, we have internet. So if it sounds a little different, uh, it probably will. There's different sounds and stuff. And also, as of right now when we were recording, because of you all, we have raised over $1,000 for St. Jude. So hey. thank you so much. Good job. Ever- everyone who's donated. And we're kicked. We're, 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 there's more. Fridays, Monster Hunter World. Saturdays playing with friends. Um, and I think I've thrown out the 30th for you, Tim and I to get back. Yeah, we, uh, we had to reschedule because of your lack of internets. Uh, and I, I am, I have yet to confirm the 30th, but I, I hope to be able to do that. I just have to check with the fam cool. and make sure that is all doable, but I, I hope to be able to make that work. So well, yeah, you heard it here on the podcast. He said it hundred percent work. So put it in the calendar, everybody mm-hmm. May 30th. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a lot to talk about this week. Video games galore. There's tons of announcements. So many people, I have to say, uh, are emailing me specifically sad that there's no E3 bumper this year because there's no E3. So we may have to come up with some sort of hybrid E3 bumper because we're already getting close to E3 type announcements. Uh, it's like a, the tr- trickle three. Trickle three? I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm coining trickle three. Uh, so we got lots to talk about because that's already happening. And we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for divisions, leagues, and championships. Because we have Chief Marketing Officer of Out of the Park Developments, the makers of Out of the Park Baseball and Franchise Hockey Manager, our friend Rich Grisham is back with us. Hey, Rich. What's happening? I am so happy to be here, as always. I say it every time, but I say it because I mean it. I love the show. I love the attitude, the purpose of the show. I love what you two guys do. I listen every week. It is always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you for being with us. That's so kind to say, and we love having you. It's This has been, I don't even know how many years of a relationship this has been, but I, uh, I value every time you come on. So thank you for being here yet again. My pleasure. And, Let's dive in the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. 
Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. There's lots of cool folks hanging out in the subreddit talking about the show, uh, talking about video games, talking about uh, our shared hobby in, in any which way. Urge you to give it a shot. Join the folks. But Rich, you are our guest so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? It's got to be the Xbox show, right? There's no other story of the week this week anyway. It was the Xbox show, the Xbox show. It's Saturday night and it's the Xbox show. Yeah, well, evidently you say that, but Christian, but, it, you know, evidently we're going to get an Xbox show once a month for the summer. Uh, so it, it, maybe it should have a theme song. It's your um, once a month Xbox show. It's your once a month Xbox show. It's your once a month. You're going to get hyped up and the news won't live up to your expectations. Show. It is inside Xbox. It was a Series X, Xbox Series X featured uh, inside Xbox. Uh, really felt kind of like an E3 presentation, which sort of wall-to-wall world premiere, that kind of Ooh, feel one more to time. it. One more time for us. World premiere. Ooh, nice. But now they, they added the new thing, which is smart delivery. <laughs> <laughs> world exclusive, smart delivery. Anyway. Console launch window, smart delivery, timed exclusive period launch window. <laughs> Xbox Game Pass day one. You know, Real uh, gameplay rendered in engine with the computer that's not out yet. Delivery world. Rich, you uh, you are right. This is a pretty big deal. What what caught your eye on this? Did you watch it live? Are you are you into our new you know post E three world where this is the kind of way we get? Because one would assume these all would have been part of a June presentation that would have been you know much longer that now has been chopped up into these monthly installments. How do you feel about all that? And what do you think about what was shown? So I am. Uh, I'm a fan of all three of the console makers. I'm a huge Nintendo fan. I am a huge Sony fan. I'm a huge Microsoft fan. I play all the systems. Classic fanboy. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> um, I got to say a couple things. Did I watch it live? Yes, I did. Uh, I am completely, wildly all in with the delivery of information now. I love the... I, I never enjoyed... Well... I, I shouldn't say I never enjoyed. I there were I did not enjoy significant parts of the live. You know, they are not press conferences. The the live presentations of the executives walking around and and talking about things and awkward demos and and bringing infomercials that we've been getting. Yeah, like I've never liked that. So that's why when Nintendo started doing Nintendo Direct, it was such a revelation. And to me, it was like, why why would you, wouldn't you do it this way every time? And so I am, I am definitely on board with the, you know, the digital unveiling via live streaming and, and, and YouTube and, and various things. Like to me, that's, there's no other way to do it. Not anymore, especially, but even before, you know, even before, you know, the, 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 the pandemic, I was, you know, it's just so it's safer, it's smarter. It gives you the most flexibility and reduces the awkward level by 99%. Mm-hmm. Um, specific to this. One, um, I was really, uh, it was just really 
dark and depressing. And I didn't come away from it feeling good at all. It's interesting that you say that. I had the same feeling. Um, it is so – I think we are in this really interesting paradigm shift where – at least I personally am. I won't speak for anybody else. But I certainly have experienced my own personal demarcation line where it seems it, – well, it's obvious that all of these projects that we saw debut and show trailers in this Inside Xbox were created – months, if not years, before any kind of pandemic or lockdown or world-changing event. Yes. And so you kind of can't hold it against them for being in an old paradigm. But, you know, I I, I watched the, the Jerry Seinfeld uh, new stand-up special on Netflix as well that just came out this week. And he, he does this whole bit about like going out and how, you know, how annoying it is to go out. You're like, you're going out. It's like, oh, I want to go out. All I want to do is go out. You know, and it's it's not his fault either, but it it, it feels like they can't help but not read the room. You know, there's no way that there's no way for them to retroactively read the room, but you kind of wish they could read the room, you know, right. I, and I obviously there are plenty of gamers who are still down for the dark brooding uh you know real gamer games that 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 have defined generations of of software on on all of these kind of major platforms except for Nintendo um so from a marketing perspective they still have to present these games but i am so right there with you that it felt like back to back to back just morose dark worlds that i just right now can't imagine myself going into and may i throw out so i agree that there was a lot of that but there was also uh assassin's creed valhalla there was was like a dragon madden dirt like games that didn't do that really popped for me like call of the sea you know uh these it, it and i also think that's why the switch is selling like hotcakes right now. And people want to play animal crossing. Yes. It's just like, let me play. Yes. Let, me, let me play something that actually makes me feel good about things. Here's the thing. People want to experience happy things. They always have the industry love. And I love this industry. I'm in it. It's my life, but our industry for years, and I've said this, I'm sure on this show, right? So I'm not going to harp, but we've, the industry has, always insisted whenever given the opportunity to put its grossest foot forward. Hmm. And Animal Crossing is just the latest example of how there is a huge amount of people that want to experience happy things, especially now, but it's not just now. It's always been this way. And that's why I was... You know, and, and I'm not going to it's not about this one presentation. It's about historically the dark, dreary like the, it, it brings it into stark relief now because all of a sudden things that were cool to play in a video game like The Division are now like, this is <laughs> happening outside my door. But again, the, the juxtaposition of Animal Crossing, it's amazing success right now compared to this presentation really brought that into even more relief, you know, for me. Yeah. And, and I wonder if there was any sense of that 
internally when they were putting this presentation together because they clearly chose games to be featured here as opposed to the June or July offerings um, that we're going to see. So I, it did feel like back to back to back. Just I mean, games like uh, Scorn and Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two. Some of those and, were <laughs> rough. Yeah, and they may very well be excellent games. I don't mean to disparage the games themselves. Absolutely agreed. But totally. it, it did feel like a very uh, dark, you know, rough series of experiences that they were trying to sell me. And I just kept going, I don't know, but Christian, it sounds like you disagree a little bit. No, I mean, I think there were those heavier games, but I think there were, you know, others as well. Like I said, Assassin's Creed dirt five, I think I car games and new generations are, you know, peanut butter and jelly to me. I love it. Peanut butter and chocolate. Pick your, pick your thing. You like peanut butter. Pick your thing that you put peanut butter in here. Yeah. Your mouth. Like it's (laughs) 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 a spoon, whatever you want. Um, and I thought to me, yeah, there are some dark games, but oh, Yakuza, like a dragon just seemed so fun and kind of really taking that franchise, a franchise I've dabbled in, but never, you know, certainly completed any of the games, but it seems like it's kind of leaning into it's maybe Saints Row the third moment, you know, kind of thing where it's, it's taking things to a more fantastical realm. I'm curious about like something like Madden, do they patch out the audience if people aren't allowed to go to games, like does that <laughs> make game, it authentic? <laughs> yeah. Does that game still come out if the season gets pushed by two months? Like stuff like that. I find, I find interesting, but you know, I like, I agree that the division, it feels a little heavy handed, but one of, I think Jeff, you and I, our favorite games this year was doom eternal. And that, that game's not light. You know? Oh no, and and that's why, and and I compl- I'm with you there. And one of the games that I'm playing right is is Doom, and and so it's not that this is not an anti that kind of a game thing. It's just aesthetically the theme for me. Right, asked the question was, woof, that was I would would have been nice for a little bit of sunshine, a little more sunshine, a little more color, a little more something. But again, they showed what they had. Right, you can't they can't just be like you know what people are a little sad these days. Let's liven it up and invent five games, right? They couldn't, they had to work with what they had to work with. I get that. And Jeff, you mentioned that earlier. So that's this month's and next month's is fable and fortify, you know, whatever. And, and stuff is paced together. Right. And then July is halo and they have things thematically together. I will say that of these, um, uh, the medium, I think, is the game that I'm most interested of. Call of the Sea looked interesting, uh, but the, the medium seems like it could be right up my uh, control, Alan Wake, maybe even fear, kind of like two worlds, what's going on, what's the story going to be? It looked pretty compelling. It, did, it, it was another one that felt like it was going to be super heavy to get through, but it, it did, did look really cool. Uh, for me, the clear standout was Call of the Sea, as I already mentioned. Um, it, it, just that that vibrant island that looks like you're ex- you know genuinely exploring i love the 1930s setting um, <laughs> i love the 1930s period end of i sentence. do I, as a as a as a fictional well you know as a real time period but playing through a, a a narrative in a fictional version of the 30s you know that's that's indiana jones you know that's that's like this kind of adventure um it's got it feels like it's got some swashbuckle to it and i i'm i'm always down for that i think that game looks really compelling and interesting did you have a a standout for you rich 
Well, I was interested the most in in Madden when it popped because obviously sure. I love sports video games. I I'm a fan of Madden. I'm in an online league right now with my friends. You know, it's it's you know it it's mellow. It's it's not a big deal, but it's fun. And you know, as a fan of the series, would I've loved to see a mind blowing trailer? Sure, but I also understand that the game looks really good right now, and I don't know what. You would have to do something along the lines of E3, what was it, 2005 or four? you know, when they had the big the big trailer that blew everybody's minds that wound up being basically, uh, you know, CG. So, yeah, it would have been cool to see something. might have even they- been MTV. I don't even think that was E3. I think that was like an Elijah Wood hosted MTV TRL. You're probably right. Madden right. something or other. But I mean, it's a, I, weird, it's a weird dance that they have to do because really. they're having their own EA live event in June. Yep. It, it just seems odd that they would even include Madden in this event because it's like you kind of can't really come out guns blaring because you you want to save that for your coming out party. And we all know Madden's coming out. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand like what's the even point of include. I guess we had Patrick Mahomes, so let's put him in the thing. I don't yeah, know. It's, you know, I, it's good to know that. Uh, I mean, it's good to know it's a good confirmation, but yeah, like you say, everybody knows it's coming. So it would have been cool to see something more, but I completely understand why they show what they showed. So but for every reason you just said, uh, I, I, the dirt five looks interesting. I have a, personally, I have a tough relationship with dirt. Those games are quite often very difficult and I'm not good at most of them, but there have been a couple in that series that I have really liked a lot. So you would think maybe a launch racing game would be a little more friendly to the people who don't like to use the brakes as much. So oh, we'll I have a feeling we're going to get a Forza as well. For, for oh, launch. of course. And I love, I'm playing, you know, I, I didn't mention it and, and I won't, but uh, other than this, I play Forza seven all the time. The current version that they have, which is optimized for the Xbox one X as it is right now is spectacular. So I'm sure Forza eight will be, will be everything that we're all hoping it'll be. It, it was interesting to hear that right at the end of the Dirt 5 interview that they're going to offer two modes on Series X, the 4K 60 frames per second mode and a 120 frames per second mode. So this might be the first game. Who knows? There may be others at launch, but this might be the first game uh, that you can play on a console that will run at 120 frames per second. Nice. Which sounds kind of rad. I'm sure it will be at 1080p, but still... That sounds pretty great. That sounds pretty cool uh, to put on your big fancy, you know, HD television. Um, I want to keep digging into this a little bit because it, it is a big story. We have other things to, to talk about too, but because we have you here, Rich, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Madden, uh, not just what they showed, but sort of the the state of the world right now. And mm-hmm. you know, you clearly are making, as you said games about sports that aren't being played right now yes and i wonder what your perspective is on that you know christian raised some some ideas about you know will they reflect the real world or will it be a fantasy of a time when (laughs) when things were a little more quote-unquote normal um what is your company doing what what would you like to see ea do what's your take on that so my company makes two licensed sports games. One of them is out of the park baseball licensed by major league baseball. One of them is franchise hockey manager licensed by the NHL. So we are great partners with those two organizations and we are betwixt and between with our baseball game. It was 
it was a pretty wild ride the last few weeks from release. Our game was scheduled to be released on March 20th, and it was released on March 20th. And the pandemic really started wreaking havoc in the United States as far as impacting things about a week, week and a half before that when the, the Rudy Gobert situation happened. And then like dominoes, all of the sports stopped and were canceled. And so we're we sort of were time timing wise. It sounds strange to say it, but we were fortunate timing wise in that our game was virtually done not completely done, but virtually done. And they had been playing spring training for several weeks and we had data and information. So for our release, we were able to have the proposed 2020 rosters and schedule and configuration. And uh, that's how it remains right now. We're, we have the ability to in, in the game, change the configuration of the season and the divisions and the structures and the schedule. So if and when baseball gets a uh, new plan officially in place and executes it, we're going to deliver that to our fans. Um, so that's sort of the, that's our immediate situation. Um, so you'll, let, let's say, you know, some of the weird plans that have been floated around are like, um, you know, uh, double headers every, every day uh -huh. and seven inning games and all that. Yep. You, you, the, your game would be patched to reflect that. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and the, our hockey game, you know, is scheduled to come out the next one in October when the, when the NHL season normally kicks off, it's in deep development. Mm -hmm. Does anybody in the world know when hockey will start and then when it will finish and then when the next season will start and finish and what's going to happen to all the players? No. So we're in limbo. Uh, but we have a great relationship with the NHL and and we anticipate being able to either update our existing game with whatever the new playoffs come out as and locations and or you know deliver the next game with whatever the plan is then. So, yeah. you know, that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. There's an argument to be made that the video game versions of sports are more relevant now. You know, it's people would be more inclined to want to escape into them and play the games that they love because they can't watch professionals doing them on television. Sure. And and we've seen evidence that that's a fact. And and we've also um, been more cited this year in media outlets, uh, you know, the athletic is doing a 30 team online league where all 30 of the beat writers for the major league clubs are now in an online league with, with each of their respective teams and they're playing it out and, and they're reporting on it in the athletic baseball reference. You know, the Bible of baseball is simulating the 2020 season and putting the stats out there as if the season were being played using our game. Um, cool. You know, the MLB, we just last week completed the dream bracket on the MLB uh, dot com, you know, banner. They 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 ran it. They the MLB Network put it on the MLB Network using our game and MLB Network broadcasters. It was surreal. That's cool. So, I mean, that's yeah. what you want, right? You want a deep simulation when all you can do is simulate games. Well, you some know? people do, right? Some people yeah. do, and and you know, but also, you know, the the 
no matter what sort of short-term potential bump and exposure there is, the real game feeds our game, real baseball, moving forward, actual games, actual statistics, yeah. both both literally in that the data, we have live data in our game that drives several modes and also figuratively, right? Like if, if baseball or hockey or basketball or football isn't played at length for, a, you know, another half season or season, like that's going to have the kind of implications, you know, in our little slice of the world. You know, it, it, it's it's major in, in the bigger picture to, to to the millions of people that are dependent upon it for their incomes and livelihood. It's it's in exponentially bigger. Right. I'm not trying to, to to position ourselves in one way or the other. You know, I'll, I'll just say it's it's incredibly. Uh, it's it's there's just a lot of there's so much uncertainty you hear the word all the time but there there's just so much uncertainty because we just don't know what's going to happen and so what i would like to see ea do i mean i think it behooves them to execute their plan i mean that's what we did we didn't change really any marketing or no we didn't change at all it didn't change any of our marketing plans any of our delivery schedules any of our you know, we were fortunate in that our delivery schedule was not changed with that, you know, by, by somebody else that we didn't control. You know, there's a lot of yeah. third parties that we depend upon for key aspects of our operations, you know, e-commerce e and Internet infrastructure and stuff that, you know, if they went offline, we wouldn't have been able to, to deliver the game. So I think you just I think the only thing that that you really can do is to live in the world that we're in, in the world of video games, which is a fantasy land, fantasy world. Madden should come out this year with the schedules and the games and the ability to play it as if this thing weren't happening. Should they have other aspects of the game to reflect it? Like, you know, Christian, I'm, you, you may or may not have been joking, but you should be able to patch out the fans. That's a legitimate question. I wasn't joking. I mean, it's, it's in the game. It's in the game. I think whatever right. happens for the, the season, Madden is the type of game that should reflect that actual reality. Totally agree. Right. And, and, and we have the same question. Are we going to have a, uh, are we going to have a, in our next version of the game, are we going to have a, a, a toggle on or off to have fans in the game? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, do we want to, should we, I mean, those are questions that are not just, you know, you shouldn't just brush them off. You should talk to your community about them, you, you know, you, but yet you, ultimately these are interesting, unprecedented kinds of questions that everyone in the, in the sports and in sports game industry specifically is asking ourselves. You guys are uh, intensely investigating the, all of the minor league parks in Arizona right now to find out <laughs> all the, <laughs> that's where all the games are going to be played potentially. Between that and the Florida parks, we're going to get yeah. all the dimensions going to plug in, but actually we already, uh, the modders in our community, cause we have a ballpark builder. So the modders already have all of them already. So, so crazy. Our community takes care of stuff like that. They're amazing. Fascinating. And I, I, you know, it's, it is uncharted territory and uh, I'm, you know, it's, there's no right answers here, but it is an interesting, we're all finding out in real time how it all plays out. And I, I find it fascinating. Uh, I appreciate your insights. Sure. Um, we can't move off from this story, though, without talking a little deeper also about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I think really was the big, the big game of this first inside Xbox. And I certainly saw a lot of... Um, 
discontent in my Twitter feed from people that expected to see more quote unquote gameplay in a gameplay reveal of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I personally wasn't perturbed by that. I, I know how that game is going to play, you know, there's no mystery as to how it's going to play, but I just am over the moon for this project. I, as I've said numerous times now, I'm, nobody's more shocked than me that I'm so in love with this franchise, but post Odyssey, I am chomping at the bit for more Assassin's Creed in a new, in a new milieu. And this seems like they're taking on Vikings in such an interesting way and not, not really just doing the cliche of Vikings. It's not just the, the Skyrim Assassin's Creed. It really does feel like they're looking at it from a historical perspective and trying to give some nuance and some different shades to that time period. And I, I, the game looks awesome. The ability to dual wield any weapon in the game and all the rating stuff that we've heard about. Christian, I may regret saying this because you weren't here last week, but I'm going to say it. Uh, I think if somebody told me I could only have this or cyberpunk, I might have to choose this because and i'll explain why real no you don't uh -uh. okay moving on rich i I, it feels like for me the known quantity that i at this point the fact that it is the team that did odyssey building on origins the team that did or excuse me didn't did origins but building on the what is laid down in odyssey and origins was awesome too i feel like it is more a sure bet that I'm going to love it. Although they did say they've, you know, overhauled all the systems, but I, I feel like it's more a sure bet that I'm going to love it. It just compared means Chip to, Foose took the rear view mirrors off. That's all that ever happens on overhaul two tone paint job and no rear view mirrors. Go ahead. Did not follow that. Uh, but cyberpunk, while I have a lot of faith in CD project red feels like a little bit, what we were talking about earlier, which is kind of a dark, dreary place that feels like it's going to have really dark overtones. It's going, it's in the first person perspective, which is not my preferred. I like playing games in third person more. It feels like a real shooter. Listen, I think I'm going to love cyberpunk and there's no way I'm not going to play it. I think I'm going to fall madly and deeply in love with it. But if you had, if you put gun to my head, only one of these games, I think I might choose Valhalla, man. Are you done with that bucket of paint? Are you good in your corner? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you gave me a rope and I hung myself. So here we go. I think it's interesting because I agree that cyberpunk will probably have a heavier feel to it, but I would speculate that when credits roll on each, the number of bodies you put down is probably comparable between the two games, maybe more in Valhalla. But like in but, a fun way. In I, a fun I, it's, it's funny and like how it does it where it's like that, that game's still going to be pretty grotesque. I mean, Origins and Odyssey. Odyssey, it kind of went a little uh, fantastical, right? Where you'd like zoom across the whole map and then spear somebody. But like you would also tell – it's like that's how, that's an upgrade. That's what you do. But yeah. you're dropping fools, you know? It has like, the slow motion. The first time we saw Cyberpunk, it was naked lady in a bath of ice. Pull her out, cradle her in her your arms. She's OD'd. I'm like, oh, that is just yeah, it's intense, man. And I get it. You know, they they tell intense stories and they do it well. Witcher very intense, very intense. Um, and laud them for that. It is it is a strength. 
I just, you know, man, I don't know. I, I get it. This is this is from your lips, the same lips that said Mario 3D World was better than Mario Odyssey. So I, I get Stand it. Stand by it. Stand by it. <laughs> we all have, you know, I, I, I think that I probably agree with you. I think Valhalla there's a very good chance that it will be your Valhalla, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) um, Half-Life Alex is its its own thing that I feel like will probably be stand atop the pedestal. But I think of like traditional games, I think there's a very good chance that Valhalla on a new console or a GTX 3000 series card, whenever they come out, will will probably be your, your favorite, your favorite thing. That would not surprise me at all. Do you have any opinion about this, Rich? Did you when you saw the Valhalla stuff? Did you think it looked good? Yes, I uh, I'm I'm I've bounced around with Assassin's Creed, Jeff. Similar to you, um, I I was really into a couple of them. A couple of them I skipped. I played a lot of Origins, which is the one before the last one, which is Odyssey, yeah, which Egypt one, Middle Eastern one. Right. I played a lot of that one. Loved it. Didn't finish it, uh, but played a lot but did not play any of the new one despite the fact that several of my friends have told me many times that it's not only better but just you know one of the best games they've ever played so yeah i have i i thought it looked fantastic as uh, which is not a surprise and i am looking forward to to this one because i'm not going to skip another one also because i think you know this one is this one feels like it's going to be really they're the kind of game that that is going to really be an excellent representation of of a high functioning group delivering something really well. I just this feels like a lot of good things coming together. Well, we you know we've talked a lot about this presentation, but it really is the first glimpse, the first real laying the cards on the table for next gen uh, officially. And um, I wonder what you guys think overall. You know, I I don't think. From my perspective, the visuals weren't – it didn't seem like a massive uh, change. But I feel like all of the things that we know are going to be the hallmarks of next gen don't really come across in a trailer, right? The, the, no loading times, um, ray tracing potentially on some of these titles. Uh, maybe you don't get that full effect in in trailers like this. So I wonder if you guys feel – less more the same amount of excitement for next gen following this presentation rich what do you think well it's gonna sound silly no but i'm day one anyway so it doesn't matter (laughs) you know what i mean like as long as i'm as long as i continue to be able as long as i have the purchasing power at the time to to buy both of the new consoles i'm in day one can't wait i that but i love video games right i mean that's (laughs) this is it's what we do. It's what I love. It doesn't, there doesn't need to be a killer app. There doesn't need to be, I just, as long as I'm able to thankfully be able to afford these things, I'm going to do a gaming is an expensive hobby. And, and I, I get that. So, you know, and I'm one of those, you know, it's funny because with the, the guys that I chat with about video games regularly are really into a lot of the tech, right? A lot of the teraflops and the, the gigahertz and the, heebie-jeebies and whatever else that get people excited. I don't really speak that language. (laughs) I don't speak that language, but I don't need to because 
you know, I just know that the next things are going to be really, really hot and, and, and be the best of the best. And then a couple of years later, there's going to be another one. And, and I've just, I enjoy being able to participate on the, uh, you know, in the newest, latest, best of video games. So yeah. didn't sell me, but it didn't need to, because once I can get one, I'm, I'm getting both of these things. Sure. Christian, what was your takeaway? Yeah, I, I, um, I'm very excited for next gen consoles. And I think it probably is like the tech lust or just like, you know, the industry excitement. Um, but as I sit here next to my pretty beefy PC, what I am curious about for this next gen is like, will consoles in some respects be fast, like faster than PC? Like I might have more raw graphical power capable in my PC, but like all of the, the I'm going to say do a word tricks, but you know, like the, the, the stuff they're doing, the tech they're doing for these faster loads and stuff like yeah, that. You got to buy a new hard drive in your PC. If you want it to got to be a real, real fast SSD, if you want it to. Uh, yeah. And then like compete in that way when the system is kind of built on the ground up for it, whereas, you know, gaming PCs, you yeah. can probably, but it's like doing a bunch of other things as well. Like I can run Premiere on it, or I don't know. I'm sure it will, everything would benefit, but I'm curious how that stuff shakes out and how we kind yeah, of Cerny, test you know, Cerny's that. presentation was all about those pipelines, right? Right. How right. they just maximize those pipelines for very specific duties. And yes, so I think you're you're absolutely correct. So that's what I'm excited about. I'm curious. I want to play, you know, Valhalla on my PC, and I want to play it on uh my series x and i want to see kind of how those things are different and what i'm most excited about this shouldn't be a, a huge surprise for our listeners or you um i'm super curious about the tech test of valhalla on stadia versus series x you know we already had examples of like red dead 2 on stadia versus the xbox one uh x and it yeah. not it, it being an inferior product uh graphically what happens now like yeah is Stadia keeping up? Are they updating their their server racks or whatever? I'm I'm super curious what we will look to as next gen, and I think it's going to be load times. That's going to be the thing, not graphical fidelity. Is my my right now like early gen guess? Well, I'm excited, man. We're gonna see. We're gonna see, and we got lots of uh, other stories to get to, as well as the games we have been playing. But I want to take a second and thank our first sponsor, which is Ritual. Now more than ever, we all are realizing that we need to, you know, keep keep our bodies healthy. We're we're thinking about what we're putting into our bodies. We all want to do the right thing when you supplement your diet with vitamins and essential nutrients. Uh, and Rituals Essentials is a supplement for women that is too easy to take capsules that provide nine nutrients you need to support a strong foundation for your health. Basically, what happened is a woman who was very interested in reading labels and keeping track of the kinds of things that she put in her body, the kinds of food she was eating, and she realized, you know, am I doing that with my supplements? Am I doing that with my vitamin intake? It doesn't really seem that there is a transparent solution like that, so she invented it. She created Ritual, and Ritual is the multivitamin that she always wanted, and it's honestly the one my wife has always wanted. My, my wife just got her new shipment of Ritual uh, the other day. She's been taking it. Um, it is much improved experience from her perspective. She tells me all the time how it doesn't have that that terrible fishy taste. It's built to be no nausea, even 
uh, even on empty stomachs is there's no, it's gentle for empty stomachs. It doesn't, it doesn't give you that kind of queasy feeling that you can just pop your, uh, your vitamin in the morning before you've had any breakfast or anything. It's great. And there's a mint tab in every bottle because, you know, some of those omega threes in, uh, supplements for women can leave a weird fishy taste and, and do stuff to your breath that isn't pleasant. But Ritual has thought of it all. It's traceable and transparent, made for obsessive label readers, and it's delivered. It's it's You subscribe to it so you always know that you've got exactly how much. You don't ever run out. It's great. Plus, there's no strings attached. It's all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered every month. So better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering listeners of DLC 10% off during their first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash DLC to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash DLC. R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash DLC. All right, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? It's a story of two trailers, and I'm sorry I forgot to put the one on here, but we can talk about it anyway. The two trailers, uh, Last of Us Part 2, new trailer, new trailer, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, new story trailer, new story DLC for Mortal friendships! Kombat 11. Friendships! Friendships! So, uh, a certain individual reprising the role of a certain half-human, half-robot police officer. Very exciting. And I believe the first time ever campaign DLC for a Mortal Kombat game. And these Mortal Kombat games, I love these stories. They, they're fantastic. Yeah, Absolutely very cinematic, fantastic. very well told. Yeah, good stuff. Fun and slap, you know, like not slapstick's not the right word, but like over the top in the right ways where it's just like, and I, and I mean this with the utmost respect, like the best 90s action movie, you know, or something. It's just, yeah. but well-performed, well-animated, just absolutely beautiful. I love everything about those games. Um, I love them so much. And so- Talk the, about, wait, talk about the opposite of, uh, opposite of the reading the room problem, right? They walked into, hey, we're going to do friendships, <laughs> you know? They, they talk about timing it right, at least for me personally, is is tune into the Mortal Kombat uh, new trailer and going- friend yeah i just need some friendships <laughs> please they don't need you to show me uh, a new way to dismember someone show me a way to they can roll up uh, in an ice cream truck and offer them a nice delicious ice cream that's what that's what jeff needs i mean they, they right should just plenty of dismembering also don't uh <laughs> i know but i i like the, the balloons of friendship you know you yeah know. The, the teddy bear and everything yeah it, uh, yeah it looks awesome in the the pit, uh, no, the, whatever, like bringing back. It's like it's nostalgia in all the right ways again, and like Shang Tsung coming in, and like the story reveal. It looks really, really cool, and this is a time travel story that keeps turning itself on its head in really fun, inventive ways. So I'm super excited for that. That's this month. I had no clue it was capital K coming um, <laughs> until they started teasing it, and then I watched that trailer, and then the other trailer, and I will, I will, I will pitch to you all. Um, I hear it's fantastic <laughs> is the last of us two trailer, which is the story trailer that kind of came, um, after some alleged leaks guys, I have so much blocked on Twitter. It's not even funny. And we have a new release date for it as well. So like that, that machine's picking back up again. And I'm curious, um, rich, how you approach game trailers kind of late 
you know, in a game's announcement cycle. And if you ever kind of do Unsullied or you're always in, you're down to watch whatever, or kind of maybe using Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath and The Last of Us 2's new story trailer as maybe the, you know, the canary in the coal mine, like how did you approach these two trailers and how do you approach trailers you're maybe excited about uh, as the games get closer? Yeah, I'm weird. I don't like to watch much, if anything, about stuff that I'm excited about. that's that's just me, but I, I, it's also and and Jeff cover your ears. I also kind of feel the same way about movie trailers. I I don't I don't I can't explain why. I, there's I don't have a scientific reason. Uh, I can't go through why it is. I just generally speaking don't. If I'm if I know of something that's going to happen, if a game is coming out that I'm really excited about, I will avoid most, if not all, trailers about it. So. Uh, Last of Us 2, did not see it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to experience Last of Us 2 at some point. Maybe yeah, when it comes out. day. Right. Are, at some point. What are you doing, Rich? It's called, well, as soon know, as it unlocks on my GD PS4, oh, I know you guys two discs, 100 gigs, the door is locked. My, I'm dead to my family. Like, I'm telling you, the, the, the Last of Us <laughs> Just like me. Joel. <laughs> the, the Last of Us shook me. That game... There was a couple of moments in that game that really shook me. And I'm not 100% sure I'm ready to be shaken quite like that. You know what I mean? Oh, Just say. I, I, I feel like this game's going to be even darker, man. Because everything, all the the sort of, um, you know, catchphrases flung around about this one is is the first game is about hope. The second game is about loss of hope you know it's like it's like it's about dark I'm like, oh god no um but yeah it's so funny the three of us here on this video game podcast and none of us watched the trailer but i think it's all because we all feel the same way where i don't need a trailer right now to nope. sell me on this game it's coming and all, yeah all i can do is uh all i can do right now is 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 ruin moments and i don't i want to s- experience this game in the same way i want to experience a great movie i i know the naughty dog games deliver cinematic stories better than almost anybody else in the industry so this to me is like a movie trailer and therefore not interested in seeing it before i play it yeah and it's I, gonna be here before we know it i really oscillate. it's like because i am so excited and i'm trying like i think it was the same for spider-man when that came out and god of war as well where it's like i i want to to consume everything about this thing, you know, because I'm so excited for it. I want to like savor the little details. I want those little breadcrumbs now. And I want like the appetizer before the meal. But at the same time, it, it I don't know, it's really hard to know that, oh, well, now I'm playing the game and, you know, I stepped on this piece of glass or whatever, but I saw in the trailer that, you know, I had a shoe on or I don't know, whatever it is, right? Like I, you can kind of, put things together mentally um it's 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 tough because i I did avoid this trailer but yet we just spent the first 40 minutes talking about all of the other trailers we watched right yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's a a different beast naughty dog games are different beast you know one's about awareness and one is about something you're aware of right half of the games that were in the in the xbox thing i wasn't aware of Uh, i'm well (laughs) we're all pretty darn aware of the last of us too so, yeah, but I mean, I loved the story of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but it's not that's not why I play those games. You know, <laughs> like I did. I totally dug the story playing as Cassandra. So interesting. So fun. 
I'm glad there are certain things that were a surprise to me, especially toward the end. There were some really cool reveals in that universe that made me so excited when they happened. But I also kind of, I wouldn't have avoided any trailer. You know, it's fine. It, this is a different beast. I'm not playing Last of Us 2 for any other reason than the story. That is why I'm going. I kind of don't want to put myself through the sneaking past the clickers. I that all, I, you know, I would watch this as a movie <laughs> if I if I could. Well, you can uh, you can watch the first one as an HBO show eventually, right? Yeah, that, I can. That's true. That's gonna be great. Yeah, I don't. Did you watch the Mortal Kombat one though? I did. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's uh, so good. I know. It's fun. And then that's just fun. That's just pulpy fun, and yeah. Um, so my story of the week, you know, we way long on this segment already. I won't belabor it, but there are two stories here that are sort of linked to me thematically. And I'll, I just want to, I want to talk about smart delivery and do it through the lens of these two stories. The first is that speaking of EA, speaking of Madden, uh, EA says they're doing, you know, smart delivery, I think is a really exciting notion. And I think it's going to define this generation of video games. And it's going to be the kind of thing where we're going to look back and go, wow, you had to buy games on multiple systems before? It seems weird. I never had to buy a game on my PC again just because I upgraded my PC. I think that's where we're headed with consoles, and I think it's a very good thing. Uh, it's very consumer-friendly. It, it, it makes you feel like you're in, you know, your library isn't just being erased every time you upgrade your hardware. I think it's good. Yay, not really playing ball, pun very much intended, Um entirely although they are doing some concessions which is good uh they're specifically saying if you want to upgrade madden 21 for you want to buy it for your xbox one and then upgrade it to xbox series x you have to buy it before december 31st of 2020 and upgrade it before march 31st of 2021 it's a pretty good window but it isn't the kind of thing where you know you eventually get your Xbox Series X two years later, you can't. You... Though. Right? I'm sorry. I didn't. I don't mean to cut you off. They're they're basically what they're doing is they're giving you smart delivery until the end of the season for which that game is licensed. I guess that's true. I guess that's a. I think that's a very good point in the sense that it is a unique case as a seasonal game that's going to be released on a yearly schedule and you know that's always going to be the case and nobody's going to be playing madden 21 in 2022 uh so i guess that's i guess that's a good point to make but also i kind of love the idea that in this new xbox ecosystem anything that i buy and at any point if i upgrade to series x it's all going to sort of retroactively work and just be smart delivered and that's all great so, but I, th I take your point and I think it's a good one, Rich. Um, the, the other story that sort of links into that is there is news that Destiny 2, Bungie has confirmed this, Destiny 2 is coming for Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. And I find this fascinating because I think this is how things are going to be. These are basically PCs now, right? There's no reason why Destiny 2 can't be played on the next version of the console because it's just going to be ported and basically the software is going to work like if you got a new video card on your PC and maybe they'll be able to unlock some new bells and whistles, add some ray tracing, who knows? All of that sounds kind of cool for Destiny 2 if there is. I mean, no one has said anything about ray tracing, but it's cool. My question is, will it incorporate smart delivery if I bought Destiny 2 three years ago? <laughs> you know, I think that's a fascinating question that I hope is 
I hope Microsoft is like, yeah, if you bought Destiny 2 for Xbox One, you'll get it. It's the same game. Why not get it on our new hardware? I don't know if Bungie's down for that, but I hope so. I wonder what you think about that, Rich. So I think that day, that that if not day and date with the launch of both of these new consoles very shortly afterwards, all of the games that are service-oriented will be available. Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto V, The Division, Warframe, all of them. They all will be there and they all should be there because they all have massive audiences playing them right now, a significant portion of them which will move forward. Uh, it's the best question in <laughs> right now is should we should should we expect to pay for that or not? Well, several uh, of the games retro- you mentioned are free to play games. That's so, right. So in those in those cases, it would be assumed no. And I think that that may actually be a precedent for games like Destiny 2 and Division 2 that aren't in that category. That's right. Like Grand Theft Auto V and Red Dead 2. If they launched, if they're available day one on the new consoles, just a a the, the same version as you're playing on the old one, they would have multi-million audiences right then and there. So yeah. to me, it makes complete sense to consider retroactively having destiny to be smartly delivered <laughs> if I'm destiny, right? Like it's, right. it's not to me just at first glance. And I don't know anything about how, how the, the economics work at first glance. It's not a slam dunk. No. And it's not a slam dunk. Yes. It's a slam dunk. Let's all get together and talk about this for a little while, because there's certainly upside. There's upside in in granting people who have purchased your game three years ago on one platform access to play that game on a brand new platform. There's a significant value in that in in maintaining a great community and in being uh, you know receptive to new ideas and new concepts. Uh, obviously, with the ability to generate in-game revenue. It's not a, a it, it, it's it's not a charity. It's 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 clearly it's a two way street. So, man, I, I I knowing nothing, I would I would not be surprised if there aren't many other. I would I would be surprised if Destiny Two is not retroactive. Like it, I, I'll bet you it is retroactive to to answer your question, and I'll bet you several other live service oriented games will also choose to do that as well. What do you think, Christian? You, you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I do. I, I I think that these, I think Rich was right on, you know, nail on the head with it. These, these service based games, they're moving away from the purchase of the product being the thing that makes them the money. I mean, I saw that they they charged for the division expansion, Warlords of New York, but they they brought the base game down to whatever it was, one ninety nine. Um, Destiny, um, whatever it's called, First Light. Destiny 2 First Light or whatever it is, like is free. And then they pay for some larger expansion pass style things. They want to get the thing in front of as many people as possible. And so if they're able to, I'm not sure if the console holders will, will you know, require something. But if they're able to, yeah, I think they want to get it out there for as many people as easily and quickly as possible right when the console launches. And then maybe they'll look to have, the, the console manufacturers will look to have little taglines they can have on it, like, play Fortnite on your PS five and get the blah, blah, blah skin, or like see the ray tracing in all its glory, you know, whatever those bells and whistles that they can maybe tout are. But I think these consoles are going to launch with a vast library of games. You already know and love that you can pick up and play. 
And that's something that was lacking in the prior generational jump from 360 to Xbox One. Like, I would have loved for Geometry Wars just to come over. I know that's not a game as service, but you know what I mean? Like, and Xbox has been certainly talking about a lot of that. All your digital games come over. And I think if they can come over and get um, boosted visually, like Microsoft did a good job of that. This generation, the later half of it with Series X, or like improved for a Series X, for Xbox One X. Um I think we're going to see more of that. And I think games like destiny, maybe even the division or some of these Tom Clancy games um, are going to make themselves available on the new consoles relatively cheaply. And then they'll have the big new iterations that, you know, will come out kind of status quo. And not only is that historically the opposite, it's almost unprecedented, right? I mean, when I was a kid, my dad would get so bent out of shape when I would posit the theory of, could we maybe get a, a Nintendo 64 instead of this NES I've had for seven years. Well, all the games don't work for that. What are you trying to rip us off? And yeah, okay, <laughs> maybe not, right? But like even PS2 to PS3, PS3 to PS4, like now all of a sudden, just the fact that this is, it's not only going to happen in some degrees, just happens at all is pretty awesome. And, and I think a really good thing overall for anybody who's a console game, it makes these consoles so much more economically justifiable day one with all this stuff that's there to play. There's a great well, also, I mean, looking at the Xbox specifically, you will buy a new console, and if you pay ten dollars, I'm sure it'll come with a month free of yeah. Game Pass. But even if you just pay ten dollars, you got a hundred games that work on your new console and that are super high caliber. You know, so the Xbox Game Pass alone as a launch title <laughs> is is pretty pretty impressive. There's a good. I think it was in. Uh... Blake Harris's friend of the shows, a console war book like about that and and Super Nintendo or Nintendo like parents are going to be outraged that they have to release all new yeah. they they can't, their games don't carry over and for so long we accepted it in consoles whereas for PC that wasn't the case your game wouldn't necessarily get updated but because PC games were very scalable if you upgraded your rig you could usually go back and at least turn not crisis but <laughs> any other game up to max settings and I, I like the idea of that. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. All right. Well, like I said, we went super long in the news, but it's fascinating stuff. And I think a, a big week of interesting news. But let's jump in and talk about the games that we have been playing in the playlist. Rich, what have you been spending your time with on your playlist? A whole bunch of stuff. I won't go into a whole lot of detail on them. Uh, I'm, I, don't, I can't explain why, but uh, you know, because I'm not a Doom fan. I mean, I played it when I was a kid and, and dabbled here and there, but certainly have missed a lot more Doom than I haven't. I also subscribe to every single service for video games possible between the Xbox and, and PlayStation Now and, and the Nintendo service and the PC Games Pass. Yet I went out when it came out and bought Doom, and uh, I I'm, I don't regret it for a moment. Doom is is is, and I sort of alluded to it earlier. It's so it's so confident in what it is. You can tell it's just made by people who know exactly what they want to do, how they want to do it, and and are completely just in charge of what they're doing. It's unbelievable. It is is so frenetic. It's chaotic. I am terrible at it absolutely <laughs> terrible i can't even get past the point i am playing it on the easiest level which by the way guys the easiest level on doom is not easy it's not 
it 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 might it might be normal but it's not easy because uh, i have been stuck on this one area for at least the last you know, i probably tried for two or three hours trying to get past it um you know and 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 i'm not a skilled video game player by any stretch i never was and as i get older i'm i'm definitely not but i've just i've just it's just a lot. Doom is really good at what it's trying to do. It's fun. It's it's crazy. It's it's the the weapons are unbelievable. The, the the enemies are ridiculous. You're just running and jumping and flying and shooting and blowing stuff up. And I don't know what's going on most of the time, but it's <laughs> it's it's really fun. And I've just been having a blast with it. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I can't. I can't, I, can't, I can't, I don't know what's happening. I can't get past the part and I love it. <laughs> it's just, you know, like you're not going to play a better version of this kind of a game, right? Right. Like this yeah. is, it is as good as it gets at this yeah, kind of The game. needle, the needle is pinned. You know what I mean? It, there's exactly. no, we can't go, there's no more RPMs past this point. This is where we've, we've peaked. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Exactly uh, right. What else you got? Um, I've been uh, I've my, my son. I just wanted to mention my son loves Super Mario Maker two and the new uh, the, the new update that they released, allowing you to build worlds. He has been absolutely captivated by it. So I just wanted to give give that a shout out. I personally, Super Mario Maker two is one step beyond what I'm w- able to do and to enjoy Mario. But my son, who loves to tinker and, and build levels and portal and in Mario, like the Super Mario Maker two has always been his thing. And the, the, the new update, he has been blown away by it. So I want to mention that. Something else. I've been, I, oh, go ahead. To get it my kid. I, just, I think he's a little young yet, but he, he we've been playing. Yeah. We've been playing um, Super Mario world on the 3ds and he loves it. And he's gotten, gotten to the point where he can sort of get his way. He asked me to help him pass a lot of the stuff, but I feel like a 2d Mario uh, would be a, a wise investment I, I don't even own mario maker 2 so i i'm tempted to get it just to give him some levels to mess around with and then i can make simple stuff for him to do too if i wanted to and i don't know i, I might end up his face will light up with delight it, it i guarantee it will because the way that nintendo delivers super mario maker 2 is just spectacular it's spectacular and 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 if you tinker away and you show him just the the ability for you it, it's it's a a wonderful moment when you realize what you can do and the power that you have whether you've been playing Mario for thirty or forty years like some of us or whether you have been playing it for a, a few weeks like your son although to him that might as well be the same sort of equivalent um, it's a wonderful thing to see kids especially what they come up with and how they just interact with it. It's really cool. So I strongly recommend that you do that. Um, something else I've been playing the last few weeks has been the golf club 2019. Um, and I've been playing it with a couple of my friends on, on Wednesday nights, we've been getting together and we, we set up a society, which is basically like, you know, it's your online country club. And we have these tournaments. So once a week, there's a tournament and you can play the tournament whenever you want to. And there's a leaderboard with all the different people in the, in the, in the country club or the society or whatever it is. Uh, but we all get together at a certain point in time once a week and we play the 18 holes. And it, there's just something, again, it, it, it's, it's with having nothing to do with what's going on, but also having everything to do with what's going on. Playing 18 holes of golf with two of your buddies is really fun, whether it's real golf or whether, you know, you're all just sitting in your houses playing the golf club 2019. But uh, that game, 
I don't know if either of you guys have ever played the game. The Golf Club as a series is it's a really extraordinary franchise. And it's incredibly customizable and 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 you know, people build when I tell you people build amazing golf courses, people build amazing golf courses. It's just <laughs> unbelievable what they do. Uh, and it's also very social and very online. So uh, I really enjoy the Golf Club 2019. I don't know if you guys caught it. 2K uh, recently announced earlier this week, PGA 2K21, which is the next version of this game. So the, the, the Golf Club moniker uh, is no longer going to be part of this, but you know, 2K publishing this um, is a great thing for the franchise. So it, it's probably going to get a release date in the next uh, week or two. And I think it'll probably come out in the next few months. So it'll be interesting to see how this series evolves. But the golf club is really good at just being a good golf game, but also letting you play golf with your friends in real time. It's it's a really cool experience. Very cool. Yeah, it's not something I have any experience with. I don't even really play real golf much, um, much to my dad's chagrin, but, um, you know, I, I, I love these, these opportunities, like you said, to sort of create a, a clubhouse that you can do virtually, you know, you can, you create that stuff with your friends. I know you've mentioned in previous appearances on our show, you know, having your seasons with your buddies on, in Madden or, mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, that stuff is, is very attractive to me. It's such a cool such a cool feature um, to be able to come back to that and keep an ongoing competition in that way is, is really neat. It really is. And it, and it gives it just, it's not like there's any more stakes to this, right? It's not for money. It's just for bragging rights or, or not even that, but just to participate in these when other people are also participating in it just gives it a different level of, of fun, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Cool. So that's the golf club 2019. Yep. Anything else you want to mention? And, and just on, on the treadmill, because you know, Jeff, I'm a geek in sneaks. I get on the treadmill three miles, 46 minutes, three, four times a week on the treadmill. And I play MLB The Show or Pro Evolution Soccer. They're just amazing sports games that are – I'm amazed at how good they look, at how great they play, at how beautiful they sound, at, at the care and the detail put into MLB The Show and to Pro Evolution Soccer – that's my comfort food these days on the treadmill. Excuse me, on the treadmill. They're just awesome, and that's all. All I need to say about them. Great games. Great games. All right. Before we move on to Christian, uh, I want to thank our second sponsor, which is Audible. You've been hearing me talk about Audible the last few weeks. Uh, they wanted me to let you know that they have a new show, a new uh, Audible show. It's a uh, all-star comedy cast making a new scripted audio comedy. It's written by John Lutz of SNL and 30 Rock, and it's called Escape from Virtual Island, starring Paul Rudd and Jack McBriar and Paula Pell and Amber Ruffin. Really great comedic actors, and it's all about VR. It's really cool. It's set on a remote luxury resort island in the year 2038, where adventure seekers flock to live out their wildest fantasies in custom-made virtual reality simulations. But when an important guest goes missing... That ragtag search party led by Paul Rudd's maladjusted resort air plunged deep into the world of VR in hopes of returning with the lost guest and some sense of reality. Start your spring off completely lost in comedy delight. Escape from Virtual Island. Listen free with a 30-day trial. Just go to audible.com slash virtual island or text virtual island to 500-500. All right, Christian, what is on your playlist this week? Um, the greatest video game of the year. 
I'm speaking in hyperbole, but it's probably it's so every game. I'm in love with so many games. Streets of Rage Four. I know you talked about it last week. This game is the greatest video game of all time, and now I want all of it's. It's my favorite. You know my my nostalgia genre that I talk about so much. The Punisher, Turtles. I want all of them redone. Like I want all of them to get the Streets of Rage Four treatment. I want Turtles in Time again. You know, like I want sequels made with the love and care that streets of rage four was made with how it is golden axe let's get a new golden axe yeah that golden axe x-men arcade um all of them or find some new characters give me i've wanted a daredevil brawler for years and i still want one and streets of rage four has demonstrated that the i mean for an old fogey like me you know the genre still works like it doesn't need a full reinvention and i know others have kind of come along and there's been some good one double dragon neon i thought was pretty good but there's something about everything this game does so well and maybe it's the you know like the retro inspired unlockables or the soundtrack is still being killer or the way it's you know the sequel takes place in a big jump in time as the world and it like references back to things but it's so pure and sticks to what made the original game so great and does it in such a beautiful visual way that it also, and maybe it's just the world we're living in right now. Um, you know, you're beating people up, but doing it so in, in such a friendly way, you know, like an upbeat way. Um, I think it's an absolutely perfect game for it's only spring, but like this, you know, spring, summer gaming, get together online with folks and, and, and play and just kind of brawl your way through um, playing solo. It's, it's so much fun and it sounds good and it looks great. And I think streets of rage four is just, just an absolute, absolute home run. I love it. How about a new bad dudes? Where's where's data East who owns the rights to bad dudes? You know, I get, I'd be down for bad dudes. I wonder where data East is. I'm sure like, yeah, I have no idea. All of the splintered rights probably fell into weird copyright. Like Activision owns bad, but Bethesda owns dudes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something. Well, I'm glad you're loving Streets of Rage Four. I I found it to be um, really cool in short bursts, but not not as. I just wished it they had leaned into a little bit more modernization of it, and I understand that's not what they were making. They were making a retro version with really pretty, you know, t- technology upgrades, but I much prefer something like a castle crashers, which is what I referenced. I think last week mm-hmm. as well, where it's like castle crashers goes, Hey, what if these games were made now? What systems would they have? I think that is super exciting. And I would want more of that. I would love more people to say, Hey, what if we did these 2d side scrolling brawlers, but really leaned into making them, feel modern from a systems point of view, not just from a visual and auditory point of view. And, and um, I love Castle Crashers and I, I look forward to other games that do that in the ge- other games that I'm sure our audience can point out that have. But what I think what I find so refreshing about Streets of Rage 4 is that it clearly had a vision and it committed to it wholeheartedly and it, and it knocked sure. it out of the park. Like it's not trying to be right. um, this plus this is this for 20. It, 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 it's Streets of Rage 4, they said from the beginning what it was with the sound, all the stuff that was important to that franchise. And I, I love seeing that. So I, 
when reviews came out, like online, people were talking about, it's like, oh yeah, there's going to be just like a brawler tax. Like it's not good enough because it is what it is. Um, and I, and I understand that, but I also think it's okay for not every game to be for everybody. And if you are a fan of that 90 style brawler, please know that streets of rage four crushes that it does it <laughs> as good as any of them. And it looks it looks incredible. You know, it doesn't even make me nostalgic. Like I like the pixel options in there. They do those really well, but it, it, it looks like how Punisher looked to me in the arcades back in the day. Yeah. Like that's what it does. It does a modern take on what those graphics can be. It's absolutely stunning. I like it a lot. Streets of Rage 4. Yep. Uh, what else is on your playlist? Well, now that I got internet, uh, I'm I'm getting into my St. Jude charity streams. Like, I'm glad that we confirmed that Saturday, May 30th at 8 p.m. is when you, Tim, and I are rescheduling. Confirmed. Penciled, chiseled and, penciled and in. Chiseled, and chiseled in. in stone. Um, from Lightning Bolt to Moses's tablet. Um, not an iPad, like, you know, the, the old, old-timey old type of tablet. Um, Moses's tablet. <laughs> Moses just upgraded his tablet. He got the new, you know, he got the new keyboard, everything. He's, he's a- he got iOS 10 commandments. Um uh, I so I started my <laughs> I thank you my Monster Hunter World my Friday night streams my first one oh was, yeah yesterday what, what, what class did you chit did you pick dude so I played for two hours it's still up on my Twitch I usually delete these after they're done but I'm gonna leave these charity streams up um, I played for two hours my first go through um, people in chat were like what did you do <laughs> so I have like a charge blade which I guess is very difficult oh yeah that's yeah yes. <laughs> It's so cool, though. It's like a shield. It is very cool. It is very cool, but it is, it's all the time. And I can connect them and make them into a big-ass axe? Yeah. No, it's cool, but it is. It's You did not set yourself up for success, my friend. Dude, <laughs> it's your first Monster Hunter. <laughs> I tried a couple other weapons, and I didn't feel them. And I tried this one, and I immediately felt it. I don't know. I, I Like, I'll tell you uh, what. Yeah. Range. Uh, start with the ranged weapon, dude. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I came, I, I came into this game late, right? Like, the... Ice expansion is now probably a year old or whatever. And it, the game's iterated a whole bunch since it came out. And I know that Monster Hunter from my Vita playing days, you know, dabbling, it's it's never been, it's not a Souls game, but it's also not for, it's it's not Call of Duty. Like, look up, look down. You got it, partner. Like that. <laughs> yeah. This game, my goodness, it just kicks you. And I, I, there's so many, I feel like I read a book. There's so many menus and like yeah. each paragraph has like four highlighted words. So I'm like, well, those are all important. There's, I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's like a defined term. It's like the tablet of the, of the receptor of the sequencing matrix. Go talk to the cook. And I'm like, what? I, I well, can't. At least this game has the, it's got the breadcrumb thing that, what are they That's, called? The spores? The, my the, little fairy mist or whatever that I yeah, follow. Yeah. The previous games didn't have that. So, you know. Yeah, that's a huge, huge quality of life improvement. But I, I only planned on playing for like an hour or so. I ended up playing for two, so I was clearly enjoying it. Like I don't quite know what I did. I think it started me because I'm playing it like old. It's like I got. I think I start with some pretty badass armor now that maybe you didn't start with when you started the game. But I really love the hub world. Like its level design, I think is really cool and unique. It kind of feels like, um, um. Uh, gosh, I'm totally blanking on it. The Robinson Adventure, like, the, the, you know, like Swiss Family Robinson. Swiss Family Robinson, yeah, yeah. Like treehouse built into the world, and it's like the ships are suspended up above, and it like, yeah. and, and even just the environments that I kind of walked around and spent time in 
just feel really cool. Like I, you go into like a dark, deep, lush part and then you're out in the ocean or, you know, with the waves crashing on the beach and I'm playing on PC. Um, it looked great. One thing I thought was, I just chalked it up to like, oh, Monster Hunter, like the very, very short intro prologue type thing where you get shipwrecked. I couldn't, and I realized that I'm a weirdo and I invert my controls, but I couldn't, there wasn't, I couldn't pause it and invert. So I had to play that first 10 minute prologue without being able to invert. And then the game starts and I can, it's just like, it's well, so weird. It's to punish you for inverting. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I really like it. Like, I don't think I will air quote finish it. I know people put thousands of hours there's into no, it. There's no finishing it. <laughs> right. There's a story, but yeah. I, I kind of keep playing on my Fridays this month and I'm, I'm having fun with it. And I think it's a great game to stream. Like the chat was super um, helpful and informative. But like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like you're on this boat and it crashes and then you get to this Have you village. fought anything really huge yet? Hold on, let me finish my boat story. Uh, okay, sorry. Boat crashes and you go to this village that's clearly been there for a long time. And they're like, we've been waiting. Like other people that crash, like we've been waiting for you. We were going to go look for you. But then we didn't. But then like that village that's been there for a long time also has boats crashed on it. So like, does every boat? crash as it comes into the monster this? island dude boats <laughs> crash on monster islands it's, I, it's so bizarre i don't know what's going on and like the fishing guy is like i live i came here because i caught all the other um so the monsters nothing huge 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 yet i think the no, monster nothing like where you're walking on it no not, it. nothing yeah. nothing uh of that magnitude yet but i don't know what i'm doing but i'm charging my blade and using my vials or whatever and making a big ass axe um, I honestly, if you ever get frustrated, ranged weapons, uh, they are, I, I, that's how I found my way into it is not being, not getting disoriented. The timing is different. You can bob and weave and keep moving a little better. Um, I, I found my way in through, through ranged weapons first. And, uh, well, Jeff, if you know anything about that. me, you know that. I don't leave my home planet. So these are my weapons. Yeah, yeah you're, you're pot committed. But the bow, I think it was, I think it's called the bow. Uh, the bow is my like jam. I really loved that for a long time. Yeah. Um, playing it like I'm a glad soul you're game. It. Is, like, yeah. I know that's not necessarily right, but like that's what my pre-programmed hands are telling me. So I'm like a lot of dive rolling and running up in there and trying to yeah. figure stuff out. Good on you, man. Good on you. Monster yeah. Hunter World. And the only other thing is that this actually the same day we're recording this, but my first, cause we had to delay hours with Tim, but my Saturday stream with a bud, cheapy D and I played PUBG, and it was the first time either of us had really played in years since we last played PUBG. Um, it's still PUBG, you know, does mm. that make sense? Like it, it, it couldn't be less surprising. Yeah, like they've added season <laughs> passes and like they try to make it like more fun and like there's better outfits, like more entertaining looking outfits and stuff. Um, but we finished seventh was our best duos and it's still right. it's still PUBG and I bet it's still massively popular. It's I no doubt, no doubt it is. Uh, I want to talk about a game that I you have been playing off and on for a month and a half, but like had a weird had a weird embargo on it. It was up, uh, I think, last week or the week before, and I just forgot that I had played it for so long <laughs> and hadn't talked about it. Um, it's a really interesting game. It's a game called Filament. Uh, it's an indie, I think an indie game. It's from uh, Beard Envy is the name of the developer. I think it's their first game. Uh, this is a game that costs under 20 bucks on Steam. It's a puzzle game. 
and boy, I found it to be very uh, zen for the times when I just kind of wanted to focus my mind on something and not think about the horrors of the real world for a little while. I played a lot of filament and really enjoyed it. Um, it is hard, hard, but boy, it, it's one of those games where you just stare at the screen. You stare at the screen. That's you experiment a little bit, but you stare at the screen. Let me explain. Uh, filament is a game about a, some sort of space person, a astronaut of some kind in the future who is on a space station and has to explore it and move from room to room. Each room is powered down. And the only way to power it up is to connect the filaments, to connect um, a, a power source uh, to certain nodes. And the way you do that is you, 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 in this sort of top-down isometric view, 3D view, you move this little robot that is connected to a long wire. There's no limit to the length of the wire, but you have to connect the wire to, excuse me, you have to, you have to string the wire around the room to, uh, power on these nodes. And so you loop the wire around these nodes. If you imagine like a pegboard, if you're looking down on a pegboard and it's got pegs sticking up out of it and you have like a, a string on in your hand and you're, the string is connected to one side of the pegboard and you can wrap the string around pegs and create big complicated patterns, weaving it up and down and around the different pegs until you wrap it around all the pegs you need to. I hope that makes sense. It's kind of hard to explain. Does that make sense to you guys? No, nobody. Did I lose everyone? No, I'm here. I don't know if we lost Rich. Does it make sense to you? What I'm saying? I have a, I mean, yes, but I'll be honest. I have a hard time visualizing puzzles. Does that make sense? That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same thing over and over. It, it layers of, 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 more complex versions of this, but it's basically taking a, a string and trying to weave it around a pattern to connect the points that you need to connect. And the, the string has to touch certain things, can't touch other things. And you just sit there like moving the string around and weaving it around, wrapping it around here and there. And the, Oh no, that doesn't work. Oh, I still need to get that one before I can get over there. And the, the tricky thing is, in, it's like centipede or something where, or uh, light cycles, you know, in Tron where you can't, you block yourself because you're, you're, it's like pulling a, an extension cord around a room and you double, you want to double back to get a part that you didn't get. But now the extension cord is bumping into itself and now you can't go past there. So you're literally blocking your own pathways. It's funny. I was, uh, sh- I was, I was, I was shouting, not shouting, but I was speaking loud, loudly into my microphone. I totally get it, and I get it because of the very first word you said, which is the game is called filament. So if you think about it, that that word, and then what you're what you're describing, it made sense. But of course, I was muted the whole time. So, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yes, it, it, this is a diabolically difficult puzzle game, but I kind of love it. I think it is so f- smart and so different and so interesting. But it is one of those things where it the the pattern is completely open-ended. So you almost have no sense of whether you've even the first, your first move, like, okay, well, I'm just going to walk up 
and start weaving my thing around up here. That could be wrong. It's so completely open-ended. And, and I have a sense that there are multiple solutions potentially for some of the puzzles because you have complete freedom of how you move this thing. And it's all about just getting yourself into a problematic pattern, <laughs> blocking yourself. Um, but then, it, it, I mean, it gets so hard. There are there are little nodes that will shut off the power to your to your filament, to your line that you can't have to avoid. There are you get to multiple robots where you have you know one robot on one side of the room, another robot on another side of the room, and they can block each other, and you have to switch back and forth between them. And there's certain colored ones that can only go to certain other colored nodes, and it is really diabolical but i i recommend it it's called filament and I, I think it's like 17 bucks on steam if you're into puzzle games that says it also has a demo a free demo oh very good you try the demo because uh you'll either love this or you, it'll break your brain but breaking your brain can also be a thing that you love and i uh you know i found it to be um very almost very um zen and and it was so – it required such focus and such trial and error and constant thinking that it took my mind off of other things, and I appreciated that about it. So uh, I recommend it. It's called Filament. Nice. All right. Uh, let us uh, jump into some VR talk because we've all been playing VR this week. So, Rich, you have been playing some VR games. Uh, which uh, which headset do you use? I first of all, I want to sing along with that, but I know that'll it'll ruin it for everyone that's listening, so I don't. But I want to be singing virtual reality. Just VR. anyway, <clears throat> sorry. One, right? I um, we for Christmas this past Christmas we got the Oculus Rift S. Hmm. Which awesome. Not sure if uh, you knew this or not, Jeff. Wink wink. What a machine. What a what a piece <laughs> of technology this thing is. Oh my god. And I'm I'm not really a VR guy. Now we do have the PSVR as well. So Mr. I <clears throat> I'm not really a VR guy who owns two virtual reality, you know, systems, but um, Let me tell you, speaking from experience, you know, they they, they multiply. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> they multiply. <laughs> So yeah, we're, we we uh, we got the Oculus Rift S, um, and uh, we love it. It's it's really impressive, really impressive. So what have you been enjoying lately on your on your S? So I have been enjoying. I don't know if you've heard of this game, Jeff. Little indie company made it. Little under under the radar. It's called Half Life Alex. Have you oh, played Jeff it? Hates this game. He hates <laughs> it. Why'd you bring this up? It's gonna oh, be brutal. Half-Life Alex, eh? Hmm. Sounds like something I'd enjoy speaking about at length. <laughs> now Jeff's going to be angry all weekend, Rich. This is just, it gets under his skin. He's going to have a horrible Mother's Day now. You've ruined everything. This I'm is the sorry. one pet peeve of his. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Are you, this game. This, are you talking about future DLC game of the year, Half-Life Alex? Are you talking about <laughs> this, this, this thing? I and and I uh, Port, Portal is my all-time favorite video game and video game franchise and environment and world. Half-Life, I mean I have a deep respect for Half-Life 2. Talk about games that have shaken me. Half-Life 2 is one of those games that really shook me, but I it, you know I'm 
by no means is, is half-life, like, am I a big half-life guy? But I just enjoy being in that world in which portal is a, a thing, you know, and, and just the little, the little subtle nuances that, that you, you know, if you've spent the incredible amount of time that myself and my son have in portal, you know, half-life has some cool features that are related to that. But I mean, <clears throat> that aside, oh my gosh, I'm just, I, I am, am so impressed by everything about Half-Life Alex, and I'm not even a fan of the franchise. Like at the very beginning, Jeff, there, there, it flashes on the screen something along the lines of, and it feels like a month ago since I saw it, but it's like right after John Peterson dies or something like that. And I remember being like, wait, who's, who's John Peterson? Did someone die? Am I supposed to know who that is? But then all of a sudden you're in the game. And then for the next three or four hours, like that doesn't matter anymore. Right. So that, that's how like disconnected I am with half-life. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm tangentially aware of, of even the core story and characters and stuff. And I've been captivated by this game. It's so well done. Similar to Doom, where when you're playing it, you're thinking to yourself, the people who made this game know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. That's what Half-Life Alex is. It is so well realized. It is so confident in itself. The 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 sense of uh just the opening scene when you're on the balcony is 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 mesmerizing it it's it's somehow even though it's in a very dystopian world it's almost hopeful mm-hmm. as you look around and then you descend into this really really nasty underworld and and you experience all of these different types of creatures and and, and the you know it's sometimes you're solving a puzzle and sometimes you're shooting stuff and and sometimes you're learning just how to reload something how do you reload that stupid? Oh man, there's I died so many times not reloading properly. But like, <laughs> you know, it's so creepy and icky and nasty. But but yet there's there's the the spirited dialogue that that at when you're just about like okay, I can't deal with this. All of a sudden, you'll start chatting, you know, with with the sign or you know with, with the guy who's helping you out, and then. You'll have a little moment of hope and then you'll, okay, I can afford John and do it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm doing a terrible job of describing why I love Half-Life Alex, but this game blows my mind. Now I can't play it for more than 15 minutes at a time. <laughs> like it's kind of like your doom experience. I have no, I no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I can't get past the level. It is the most amazing thing. No, I'm ever. the opposite. I know exactly what's going on in Half-Life Alex, but like after 15 to 20 minutes, I need a break because it's so intense. It's so intense and it, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I mean that in the best possible way. I played all sorts of stuff in VR, which has all been good. Nothing is, nothing has, has surrounded me like Half-Life Alex has. It's, it's just so well realized and so well done. And I am, I am captivated by it and I can only play so much of it until I need to break and catch my breath and then, all right, I'm going back in. You know, I got to sort of yeah. psych myself up. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I agree, obviously, all with all of that. And I, I do think you did a good job of, of explaining the emotional feeling of, of that game. You know, there, there's a, I think I tweeted this that uh, at one point, uh, the first time a face hugger got on my face, I smacked my own headset oh, yes. with the. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, get off me. Uh, it is. Uh, 
it's it's a horror game, but it yes. is you know it it is immersive in a way that I've never experienced. It you know it is quite you do feel like you said the the globules of slime. You feel it, there's a visceral nature to everything because it's right there. You can lean in and and look at it, and it the game does such a good job of of convincing you that all these spaces are real and are lived in, and uh, it's yeah. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. I know there was a there was a big thread in our subreddit about uh, some folks explaining to me why it, you know it's so frustrating for some. The conversation that Christian and I had a, a few weeks ago about um, price point being a, a real limiting factor oh, on sure. VR, and I get it. Oh sure, I get it. It, it is. I, I can understand that frustration one hundred percent. But I, I certainly wish nothing but the the potential for all of this stuff to be within reach for everybody. Because I think I think it's the future. I think it's, it's a really new way to experience video games and this nobody's doing it better than half-life Alex. No, no, no way. And, and, and a couple of things that some things that first ticked me off. Now I appreciate in a weird way. I, you know, I, I was sort of joking about the the loading of the guns, but it's brilliant how yes, it is. each brilliant. gun needs to be loaded in a different way and you press different buttons in a certain way. And, oh, by the way, you're being jumped at by all these things and you have to do this the right way, but there's a credible tension and if you miss it, you're dead. And, ah, I'm dead. Son of a... Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's so good. And conservation of individual bullets is a thing. That there's you, always you, enough, video, but just enough. Yeah. Video games haven't asked you to care about that. I mean, you talk about Doom where it's like ammo is is this metaphysical concept you know it's not right. ammo isn't even a thing in, right. in Doom. It's this notion of ammo um but you know half-life alex says what if everything is physical and every bullet is matters and the the the, the physical manipulation of all those things is the game I, I mean it's it's a really wonderful sort of back to basics idea of what it must be like to survive and have your life on the line at every given moment. And, it's, and, and there's just those moments, right. And even half-life two, which, which I remember, you know, it's been a while since I played, but like the bridge in half-life two, right. There's a few moments when you're on that bridge, when you just stop and you go, Whoa. Yeah. There's a few moments and I'm not done. I'm not even close to done. I'm only in like chapter four. Oh or boy, five. you have so many things. Oh, I know. The thing that's amazing about this game too is that they continually one up themselves. Every level just feels like, well, that's the coolest thing I've ever done in <laughs> VR. And, right. and then they go, you know, they go, well, that was nothing, you know. Um, have you gone to the laundromat yet? No. Okay. Right. No, I haven't. That's not that, that to me. When I got to the laundromat, there's a sequence that happens in the laundromat with electricity, and I, where I went, this might be the coolest enemy. The, the coolest kind of encounter that I've ever done in VR. And then like the next level is like, Oh no, I hadn't seen anything yet. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so amazing. Just the, the, the pacing of that game of constantly going, here's the, here's a really amazing idea, but then we're, this isn't the best you've, you'll see. It, right. it keeps getting more inventive and clever. And and I just love it. It's like a, a Doom and Half-Life Alex. I just love playing these games that are made by these developers who are just at the top of their game and they know it. But I don't but not like and they know it from an arrogant perspective. They're just yeah. you're getting the best of you're you're yeah. getting the best version of the best thing that that a company that really knows what they're doing can do right now. It's just so hot, but they don't act like it, you know? It's like they you know. <laughs> 
so we we could fawn over half like yeah. Alex all day yeah. long, but Christian's Christian's going to leave the show. Yeah, we don't. Um, uh, what what else have you been playing in VR? Well, the other VR game I'm gonna I'm gonna mention too real quick, and they're games that you've been talking about for years, years, Jeff. Uh, my son loves Beat Saber on the Oculus. Yeah. Absolutely loves it. He again, I mentioned he he builds his own levels. He makes his own levels in Beat Saber. He spends hours perfecting them and assigning them to the music. And I love how Beat Saber gives you the ability to do that. You know, some some people like playing games some people like building games and designing games some people like doing both my son's a kind of who he, he's more in the building and the designing like you give him a game with a level editor he'll spend 90 percent of his time in the level editor and so he does you know a what? lot of that in beat saber just side note you know that they're releasing a level editor for half-life alex right are they what they have they have announced they will be a level editor for half-life alex i did not know that yeah oh boy yeah. okay that's good that's <laughs> so, get so excited for he's that. deep into Beat Saber. Everybody who knows anything about VR knows Beat Saber is great. That's not news. Um, Space Pirate Trainer. What a fun mm. game. What a super yeah. duper, incredibly fun game. Just blasting crazy stuff in, in, in big ex- in mechanical explosions. Spectacular. Um, and then I also, I, I cannot over, uh, overdo how much i also love vader immortal in vr wow yeah not it not in a half-life wow right vader immortal is much more like playing in a movie although there's it's it's perfectly fine right with with the controls and the you know there's cool things that you're doing with the 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 lightsabers and and the and things like that but it's much more like a movie which is again it's fine it, it is what it is um vader immortal is great it, it's it's such an experience. It's so well done. Again, it, it's really nice playing something where that you can tell got the love that it needed, right? It got the resources. It got the right level of of care. Whoever was in charge at this at the highest levels and the medium levels, they're, they're Star Wars people. They get it. They know it. Like Vader Immortal, again, it's, it's one of those things. It's a real amazing experience, and I'm a, I'm a big fan and, and – uh, and have been playing a lot of Vader Marvel. Haven't finished the third episode. I'm halfway through the last episode. It's great. It's and and again, I, I'm not even a big Star Wars guy. I mean, I like Star Wars. I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a guy who grew up in the '80s who doesn't love like Star Wars. <laughs> right. But I'm not like yeah. a you know. It, it's not like the, the my favorite thing. And Vader Immortal, spectacular. So that's the other VR game I've been playing. Very cool. Uh, Christian Spicer, I am so curious. I've I've been meaning to try the game. Well, I don't even know if you call it a game. I guess it is a game uh, that you have been playing in VR. I've been meaning to give it a shot because I've heard good things. Tell me about Supernatural. Yeah, I want to go back to Vader Immortal because I keep forgetting I wasn't on last week. So there are like things I've played that I haven't talked about yet. Um, Supernatural. I don't, I'll never forget you weren't on last week. Uh, it, was it was such a good such, show. Such, such a good episode. Yeah. I mean... But Lana is, is she's just, you know, everything that you're not. Was anyone on to say her name wrong? Oh, I'm sure we did. You know, <laughs> nothing uh, well, nothing welcomes Lana onto the show like saying her name incorrectly. Mm. <laughs> I'm so, that was such a fun episode, and I'm I'm so glad she did it. Um, I also love having internet again, though. But <laughs> she can come back. You know, like we can. It's we're not the same person. You know, it's not Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne. Like we can be in the yeah. same room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. But it would be nice if you left. 
Okay. Well, I bid you <laughs> adieu. Um, so starting with the name, Supernatural is a game that I have to Google fitness Oculus game every that time. Name. It, it yes it does not it does not conjure fitness in any way. <laughs> no, it conjures a really good CW show. Like yeah. that's oh, I, that's that game about fighting uh, supernatural creatures, right? Yeah. The... I don't get it. I do not. I I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But I ordered the um as our two weeks uh, was it two weeks ago? Whenever we talked about it, like I ordered the face shield, like the you know. Oh, neoprene. you did. I did. I did. I got to get oh, my sweat cool. on in, in VR. Um. And the vistas are, they are gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. It's, you, you're kind of just like floating. It like puts like a, you know, a yoga mat style thing down that is kind of your center where you're standing or whatever. Um, but it's just floating above ground. Like when you're on a, in a volcano, you know, like it's not like planted on the ground, but really cool, really, really stunning. Um, and then the, it, it's a subscription. I think it's $30 a month or whatever it is and a free trial. Deep. Yeah, I forget how much it is. I mean, it's 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 not the most expensive game subscription I've ever heard of, Jeff. Um, no, no, it isn't. It is expensive, um, but it's one of those things where I'm trying to figure out the actual workout isness of it versus the cost. We're like, as we've been home for a long time, I don't think I can justify. I, I keep like I have friends that swear by their Peloton and uh, I just, but it seems so expensive, but I also paid for CrossFit for, you know, months when I was allowed to go outside. And uh, that's always bringing up the CrossFit. Thank you. And that's not cheap, you know? So like this thing, like I get sweaty. I, it, it's not weights the same way that, you know, it, it's aerobic style. stuff. So, but you're doing a lot of air squats and you're bending and you're moving, and you're twisting. And it's like encourages you to do full arm swings. And it's like swing hard, like through things. And it's really smartly designed in terms of how it gets you to spin and try to stay on track and bobbing and weaving. So it feels, you know, more like a jazzercise style thing um, than like, going and lifting weights or I imagine even then then doing like a, a spin class, like a Peloton or something like that. But it's really cool to see, you know, people talking about how oh, Beat Saber is such a great exercise and like someone taking that and saying, yeah, it is. And we're going to up it. You know, we're going to lean into that stuff. It has you doing squats and side lunges. And I agree that the coach is chatting a, a lot, but it doesn't get in the way. I, I found it encouraging. It's like, I haven't, it's not like a repeat of the same thing over and over again, like 2004 sports games or whatever, you know? Does like, it feel like a, a game or does it feel like you are, you know, you're in your workout regimen? Um, a little bit of both, right? I mean, it, it, cool. it feels like it, it feels like a more workout focused Beat Saber. It, 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 yeah. it really does. It, I mean, it's super similar mechanics to what you're doing in Beat Saber, but you're spinning around. And so I need to go into it knowing that I'm going to get sweaty, which is something that I'm not used to when I game um, as I have not been able to get ring fit adventure. Um, so it's like accepting that mindset. And I don't think that sweating with the VR helmet on, I know you say you get down and dirty pretty much every time when you beat saber and stuff, but it's, it, that isn't an experience that I enjoy yet. Maybe I'll get yeah. used to it. It's like, you know, sweating in jeans, you know, it, it's like, <laughs> oh, God, it yeah. doesn't feel right. You know, like you're yeah. not supposed to do it. Well, you shouldn't 
always put jeans on to go in your VR headset. You don't have oh, to wear jeans. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. My bad. Yeah. Then. Yeah. The, my <laughs> face is perfectly fine. Not sweaty at all. But my <laughs> jeans are just so sweaty. Yeah. 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 I get it. Um, but it's, it's well done. And I recommend, I mean, I can easily recommend checking it out especially with the demo. Um, and you don't even have to like sign up for the free, whatever week or I forget what it is, to be honest. Um, there's like an introductory class. You can go in and it will calibrate and it just kind of, it's like a tutorial for more or less, but you can see the vistas and I think it's worth the time to do that. Um, and kind of get what the experience is, but I think it's cool. And I, I hope to see more of it. I think, you know, the time is right for that kind of stuff. And we're certainly seeing the home fitness boom coming back again as people are, are sure. staying home. Um, but Supernatural is the name of the app and it is an awful name. <laughs> because why wouldn't it be called that? Why, I have no it? idea. I, I have no, because maybe it makes you supernatural. You get so yeah, buff. You're, you're now superly natural. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was no, going to loop you. back to Vader Immortal. Um, so I finished episode three, Rich, I will not spoil anything for you, but I really enjoyed it. I I really, really enjoyed it. But I also feel like Vader Immortal, all of the chapters together, the whole thing or whatever, it illustrates both the highs and lows of, and I haven't played much Half-Life Alex, but kind of like of VR, of current state VR, where it's so incredible to see Vader walk up to you and be in your face and be life-sized and be like Dude. right up on you. And it's when just those, when those stormtroopers blew off the door the very first time and I turned around and they walked in, I was like, Whoa, that so blew good. my mind. So good. And it's so cool to be in your ship and like be able to explore and like have this star Wars experience. I think it's Maya Rudolph is um, the, the, the droid in it and she's great. And like to have that interaction is really, really cool. But then, like, when I'm fighting the stormtroopers, it's not how I would do it in a, air quote, regular video game. It's like my feet are planted and I'm waggling my arm to block the things. And, like, you're very limited in what you're doing. Whereas if I was playing that same moment in Jedi Fallen Order, you know, you'd be running and grabbing and doing all this other stuff. But in the way they developed the game in VR, it's just not how it, you walk over, stand still, shooting gallery, walk over, stand still, shooting gallery, battle this, you know, thing. Uh, I'm just waggling my arm because I have no real weight or repercussions for what I'm doing. Um, and so, like I said, maybe Half-Life Alex solves some of those problems some, but it's just, it's interesting to it, me. as It I does was, in that there's no melee. <laughs> yeah, that could be a big part of it. But I think locomotion too, like, because it's just not the same. Like I'm constantly moving in games on, on flat screen games, right? Like constantly moving, strafing, running, zooming around, doing whatever I can to keep moving. Monster Hunter World, perfect example. Constantly moving, grappling, you know, doing the whole nine yards. And in most VR experiences, it's not it's not that way. And I imagine... That's my go-to move in uh, Half-Life Alex is run away, run away, run away. Just like <laughs> flick, 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 flick. And I get as far away from those things as can. And then I turn around and I fumble and I try and I try to reload my gun and I don't and I die. But but I, I at least gave it a good shot. That Half-Life Alex is the only VR game where I've had any sense of being able to do movement, especially movement away from a tough situation. Yeah, maybe I got to put time into it then before I finish this. But I do think it's interesting how like it's just a slower pace of game. Um, in VR right now than um, what I'm used to in like Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, pick your game where you're totally. running, rolling, strafing, and doing whatever. Well, and I, I found Vader encapsulated that. 
Vader to me, and and again, I don't mean this in a negative way. Vader Immortal feels to me very much like a next level Disney ride. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it so is. with that, you have you have sort of the mind blowing parts of it where I can't believe this is happening. This never happened before. And then there's also the oh, but I'm also on rails, therefore I can only you know aim my little you know shooter gun at the spot where my little pod is aiming before it spins me around and I now aim it over there too. Yes. So it, yes. Yep. Yep. Which is not bad. It's just, it's just a right. different. It's what it is. It's what right. it is. Yeah. It's an interactive story really. It's a, you know, and, and, and it does that very, very well. And it, and how cool is it to be inside a star Wars movie? Yeah, it's, it's my second favorite VR uh, experience. Vader immortal only behind a half life Alex. You gotta, you gotta play lone echo, dude. I know lone, that's dude, lone echo. I have so many Jeff cannot like I've been listening to you talk about VR from the beginning. Like I remember listening to episodes where you were, where it hadn't even come out yet. And you're like, we're almost here. Christian, we're <laughs> almost here. The future is almost here. Like I, I, and you were, you were talking about lone echo as your game of the year four, five years ago. I don't know. It feels, I don't, I can't, I don't know how long years are anymore. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. yes, that is one of many Jeff Kanata games that I that I you know Star Wars Bridge Crew. I got to play that. I know I have. Oh, it's so good. That, right yeah. there's 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 a list of those. <laughs> well, let me add one potential to to the list. And in fact, I think this actually is a pretty good one for Christian. Uh, it's called Pixel Ripped 1995. It's the sequel to Pixel Ripped 1989, which I never played. I don't know how that one fell through the cracks and didn't. I never played it, but. Uh, it very much is the same kind of thing. Pixel Ripped 1995 is a VR game about a character in 1995 that is inside a Game Boy game and, and then needs to get out, needs to save the world by making contact with the player of that game and then journeying that player through other retro video games. Same thing with uh, Pixel Ripped 89. 95 is just a little bit further down the chronology of what kinds of games were available at that time. Um, this is a very clever concept, really well executed. It's a VR game where you don't move ever. There are a series of levels where you're just stuck in place, but it handles that very, very smartly. The first thing is it does this really awesome thing where you start the game inside a Game Boy black and white world where everything is 2D, but you're inside it because you're in VR. And just that experience is kind of rad. And then it transitions you into like the 16-bit era. So you're in basically like a Super Nintendo type world. But again, you are the size of a character in that world. Everything is this, the right size proportional to you around you but everything's pixel art and 2d so cool. And it does this awesome thing at the beginning where you look at yourself in the mirror and you're basically this like Samus Aran character where you've got this, you know, this hand that's a gun and you wear a helmet and you, you're standing in front of this mirror in 16 bit life size. And the mirror like assembles your cool Samus Aran type armor on you. That, that moment alone is worth the like 15 or 20 bucks that this game, it costs. But then what happens is you're this character and you uh, need to make contact with, quote, the player, right? So you 
get beamed out of the inside of this game. And all of a sudden you, as the person playing the VR game are playing as a kid in 1995, who is playing a super Nintendo type system and is playing basically like this, this retro, uh, sort of a legend of Zelda type game. And you're sitting in a room, you're sitting in your living room as a kid, like, you know, cross-legged on the floor, looking at a CRT television, and on that television is this 16-bit Legend of Zelda game with that same character named Dot in this game in Pixel Ripped, but it's basically Samus Aran. And uh, you're holding a controller in your hands, and you hold the touch controllers like you were holding a a SNES controller, and you play the game looking at the virtual TV screen but what is happening around you is your next door neighbor comes to the window of the room and leans in and starts heckling you. Your mom comes in the front door and says, oh, you stop playing video games. You're, you're playing too many video games. I, I told you to clean your room. And you're, you're trying to keep playing this video game. And you have this Nerf gun that you can pick up. And your mom's like, I'm telling you, I'm turning that off. And you pick up the Nerf gun and you like shoot the cookie jar off the kitchen table or you shoot things and make a mess. And she's like, how did this fall over? And she walks over. And so you distract her from turning off your video game so that you can get to the next checkpoint before she comes over and switches it off. Pretty clever stuff. I thought, and I found the whole experience of in that first person view in that virtual reality environment, staring at a TV screen. And then like your dad comes in the front door you hear the door open and your dad's like, Hey, well, I'm home. And I, w- it was very surreal because it felt like it was really happening. It was, it was crazy cool, but the game does all these wonderful things where you're playing this, this Zelda game. And then you're playing like a, a 2d platformer. And then you're playing like a Castlevania game. And then it, it does, it steps through all the genres. And every time it's, you know, the, the second level you go to a like a video store and you're playing at a kiosk and there's two kiosks. There's one for like the Super Nintendo game and there's one for the Genesis and you like go back and forth between them. It is clever. It's very linear, not super long, very smart, very fun. Christian, I think you would really dig it with your love of retro. Yeah, I hovered over this button for a while, but I also knew that uh, I just got internet again and I get to go back to the games I haven't played because I packed up a month ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it looked very intriguing. I saw it on the on the storefront there and I, it, it seems really, really cool. I think you'll I think you'll really like it if you give it a shot. Again, it's it's really inexpensive. I think it's like 15, 20 bucks. Uh, Pixel Rick, Ripped 95 is the name of the game. I I really found it very charming all right uh we do want to thank our final sponsor which is postmates we live in a postmates world why not have food delivered to you you know you can get late night tacos early morning smoothies my wife and i use this all the time we just postmated last night we just postmated our dinner uh because we don't want to go out we want to stay in nowadays uh but that doesn't mean we don't want to get you know, local food delivery that, that we, that doesn't actually offer delivery, you know, uh, you can get that now you can, you can order the kinds of things that you want and they'll, they'll bring them to your house. All you got to do is download the Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, 
Get everything you want delivered within the hour. It's awesome. And it's not just burgers and sushi. They actually can pick up everything from Walgreens and 7-Eleven to groceries. It's, it's, it's pretty great. So for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit. Wow. For your first seven days. So $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the promo code DLC. That's code DLC for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for that. But Rich Grisham, thank you so much for being here. It is always so fun talking to you. Thank you guys so much. Again, I I love the show. I've listened since the beginning. I'm a fan. Being on is a thrill and an honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Where can folks keep up with you and the things that you do online? Well, Out of the Park Developments is the company that I I help run. We make Out of the Park Baseball 21, which is a PC baseball strategy game, and it's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA. It's the 21st edition. Uh, Just Google Out of the Park Baseball 21. We've been on TV and, and, and podcasts and Twitch and everything. We live stream seven days a week. So at twitch.tv slash OOTP developments, seven days a week. I'll run through it real quick. Monday nights, this week in Perfect Team Weekly Showdown. Tuesday nights is a doubleheader with Chicago Hope and the Big Rich Machine. On Wednesday nights, it's Franchise Hockey Manager. On Thursday nights, it's a doubleheader with this week in Perfect Team and then Perfect Team Playoff Push. On Friday nights, it's GNR Run the Mets. On Saturdays, it's Science Saturdays with Alex with tutorials. And on Sundays, it's the Perfect Team Weekly Prep. Seven days a week, twitch.tv slash OOTP developments, because that's what you have to do these days if you want people to know what's going on in your game. Thank you. Very, very cool. Very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? I have internet again. Do you know how much stuff is on here? On the internet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My understanding is not that much. No. Uh, Guys. I go to like three websites. I found so many videos about how the stuff you think is real isn't. It's. I'll oh. send you links. Just they give me. Pictures, pictures of cats. Cats. Just give so me. Many- Give me an uh, email have, address for your dad so he can forward it to you. But I was it just going to say I have an uncle who's already handling that. Uh, but uh, thank I, you. Yeah, let dude, let I got I got you. So let me. Who? Wow, there's a lot here. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm starting to think it was better when you didn't have internet, Christian. <laughs> uh, Anna was here. <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> I am streaming to support Saint Jude, and I will stream Monster Hunter World Friday nights. You can find. This past week's stream on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And so this Friday, again, I will be streaming Monster Hunter World again, uh, probably 9 p.m. Pacific time will be the start on Friday night for Monster Hunter World. And then Saturday, I don't have an exact time yet, but I'm streaming with Wombat from Cheap Ass Gamer. We're going to be playing Fortnite. So that's going to be Saturday, May 16th. And uh, you can find the link uh, pinned to my Twitter to donate directly to St. Jude. My Twitter is at Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R. All of the the money you contribute via that link goes directly to St. Jude. Check with your tax professional uh, and stuff, but tax deductible, it all goes to them. And it helps kids fight and beat cancer. Like your money makes a real direct 
difference. And um, I set a goal of $3,000 this year, and we're over 1000 already. And I would love to see that number grow um, from small contributions from many people. It's the idea of, I, I don't want someone to donate $2,000. Like I would rather have $2,001 donations, a group of people coming together to do something great, I think is is very inspiring. Um, so thank you to everybody. If who's, you want to donate $2,000. If, if we can say no, two thousand people to donate two thousand dollars. If you've got that, it, it goes to the best cause. So by all means, um, but thank you to everyone who has donated and to those who have shared um, and helped spread the word. That is very valuable as well. So a sincere thank you and um, a shout out to all of our moms as we were recording this before yeah. Mother's Day. I love you and thank you for all of the amazing stuff that you do. Yeah, our moms, but also any moms that happen to listen to the show. Happy Mother's Day. You're probably hearing this after Mother's Day, but uh, happy Mother's Day to you and to your mom and to any moms in 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 the, you know, reach of my voice. Yeah, to your mom. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to your mom. Your mom. <laughs> Got you, dude. Uh, my, uh, my mom doesn't listen to the show, but you know, it's okay. Um, oh, I'm going to make her. I'm going to call her and be like, hey, listen to this. Listen to this. Uh as for me, I do several other shows that you could check out. I have a show all about movies and TV shows called the Slash Filmcast. We're being creative right now, coming up with interesting things to cover. We we did uh, The Lost Boys this oh, week. So good. Uh, I had never seen it. It was on my list of shame. Oh, my God. You never saw that. I had somehow gone through my whole life never having seen Lost Boys. And Dan Trachtenberg, big-time Hollywood director Dan Trachtenberg. Never heard of him. Was uh, – it was one of his big bugaboos with me. He, I mean, ever since we met, that was one of the things is that he couldn't believe that I had never seen Lost Boys. And every few months he texts me and says, why haven't you watched Lost Boys yet? Tonight would be a good night to watch Lost Boys. So we finally got around to doing it as a, as a episode of the Slash Filmcast and Dan came on and we talked about it with Dan. So uh, it's, it's a good, it's really fun episode. So check that out at SlashFilmcast.com. Have you listened to the soundtrack? Soundtrack's great. People are strange. Cover ah, oh, so mm, good mm, by mm, uh, Echo and the Bunnymen, right? It's I Echo think, and the yeah. Bunnymen who do it. It's yeah. so good. So it's good. so good. Val Kil- not Val Kilmer. Um, Twenty four. Um, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland and Corey Haim. Yeah, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman. Both the Corys oh, are in it. Man. It's where the Corys met, and uh, Jason Patrick, who I didn't even know was in that movie huh. for t- thirty years of my life, didn't know that Corey that uh, Jason Patrick was in it. Uh, yeah, real, real good, and. Uh, Diane Weist, isn't it? And some shirtless guy playing the saxophone. <laughs> this Dan Trachtenberg sounds so like good. a cool fella. He is. He's a, he's a, he's a he's a top notch fella, I tell you. Uh, but also other shows that I do. If if you're not into movies and TV shows, hey, I got more. Uh, if you want to hear me talk about science in a comedic fashion, we just brought back the award winning comedy science podcast. We have concerns. A two year hiatus we took, and now we're back. Anthony Carboni and I talking about science and making it funny. Um, you can find that at wehaveconcerns.com or wherever you get podcasts. And like intentionally also, funny, not like you're rolling your eyes as someone I mean, tries to describe science. I mean, you're like, that's not Let's, I'll be honest. There's both of those in our show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and we, uh, I also do a long form Dungeons and Dragons show called The Dungeon Run. It is uh, something I'm very, very proud of. I put a lot of work into it. I come up with a story and the amazing players improvise their way through it. Uh, 
This week's episode, many, many people have reached out and said they think it's the best episode we've ever done. It was really intense, really wild. I highly recommend you checking it out. You can jump in at any point at the Dungeon Run. You don't have to start at the beginning. Um, you can find the Dungeon Run anywhere you get podcasts as an audio podcast by searching for the Dungeon Run. You can watch it on YouTube. All the episodes are archived on YouTube, and they're really fun to watch. You can uh, find that on YouTube by searching for the Dungeon Run, or you can watch us live Wednesday nights as we record at caffeine.tv slash the Dungeon Run. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is parting gift. Rich, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. I got a couple, uh, couple of quickies. Number one, I'm a huge music fan, as a, a lot of folks know. And, and while I love all kinds of music, rock and roll is my favorite. Give me two guitars, a bass, a piano drums and a vocalist and and they're pretty guaranteed that i'm gonna like it uh little richard passed away today he is absolutely positively one of the most important people in the history of rock and roll bar none i didn't even know who little richard was really until i started listening to the beatles and then looking you know, listening and, and and discovering the beatles i i understood how important what he did was to what they did and anyway he had a string of, of songs from like 55 to 58 that when you listen to them today, you're like, okay, that's cool. But if you can even for a half of a second listen to them understanding what it was like the first time that you heard that because no music had been made even close to that with the intensity and with the volume and with the and with, with just the energy, um, go check out Long Tall Sally and Tutti Frutti and, and uh, so many, so many great songs in, in, that, in that run. So and and we all now can listen to any song we want to with a push of a button. So little Richard, go just spend 15 minutes listening to a few of his songs and you will be blown away. Guaranteed two, to be blown away. Two things inf influential in rock and roll. Little Richard and drugs. Like those without either one of those things rock and roll would not be what it is. Not necessarily in that order, but yes. <laughs> uh <laughs> Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Oh, Rich, did you have another one? Did I interrupt you? Did you have two quickies? You didn't interrupt me real quick. The other one was a book oh, called sorry. The Boy the called The Boys in the Boat. It's an amazing book about the 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 kids from Washington who ultimately tried to uh, become the US rowing team for the nineteen thirty six Olympics. One of the best books I've ever read in my life. And uh and I just finished it the other day. So that uh, the boys in the boat. What a perfectly timed suggestion because my mom loves that book. And it's uh, Mother's Day. So uh, what a perfectly timed suggestion. She loves the boys in the boat. It's also um, about the 30s, your favorite genre for video games. <laughs> yeah. My favorite fictional time period. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Haley Williams, the front person of Paramore, lead singer Paramore, she released a solo album called Pedals for Armor. And I'm not going to lie, I found it challenging. It is not Paramore. Um, it is emotionally um dark's not the right word but you know Haley uh battled some depression she went through some stuff and this album feels even more so than paramore's last release really digging into it and it doesn't have the same level of pop or pop punk veneer to it that paramore does and it's it's brilliant it's truly brilliant um but it took me a couple of listens to feel that way 
So if it doesn't immediately click for you, I'd recommend giving it another spin. But it's Haley Williams' new album, Petals for Armor. We got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It was sent by Mike Stroud, who says, Thanks for continuously putting out a great show with valued guests and positive ideas. I have a suggestion for a parting gift that I think anyone would enjoy and perhaps learn from. I have to admit that I haven't had much of a desire to watch Apple TV+, Plus, even though I got a free year with my latest iPhone purchase. Perhaps it's because I can really find it Perhaps it's because I can't really find it, or maybe I just haven't heard of any of the shows. However, the Beastie Boys story popped up on my feed recently, and I decided to check it out. I've always enjoyed their music. Yeah, I watched this too. It's so good. And I've known them to be a progressive bunch, as you can see through the evolution of their lyrics. However, after watching the show, I have a much different perspective and respect for them. It's an amazing story of development and maturity that is worth two of your quarantine hours it also gives you a little glimpse into the music industry you won't be disappointed and if you're a fan of the band you'll also enjoy rediscovering their catalog again in a different light also if you don't have apple tv plus just register for the free trial and check out the fraggle rock reboot while you're at it keep up the amazing work mike thank you mike Uh, i also watched that it's it is it's fun it's uh as a huge beastie boys fan my whole life Man, really great. Really fun. Beastie Boys doing Sabotage on Letterman. One of the best YouTube clips ever. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's it's so sad that we will never get another new Beastie Boys album. But, uh, you know. But also beautiful. Their reason for doing it is, you know, is beautiful as well. They're, yeah. Yeah. my parting gift, uh, I was going to do something else, but now I, I kind of want to do what I almost brought up as a news item in the in the show, but I, I think this is a great parting gift. You know, a lot of people have – look at certain – there's certain video games that the, the sort of meta life of them is extraordinary. And one for me that I've had my eye on since 2003 when it first came out is Dwarf Fortress. I am just fascinated with Dwarf Fortress. I've literally never played it. But I'm fascinated by what it is. It is self-described as the most, the deepest, most complex simulation video game in the world. And it is this bizarre, constantly evolving, constantly being developed uh, pet project that has a very small but very dedicated audience because it, you create this very, very well-realized world and for the longest time, it was being done with just ASCII graphics. Uh, and as a person who grew up with ASCII and ANSI, I, uh, I was sort of drawn to that anyway. And just it's, it's a wild story. The reason I bring it up as a parting gift is because they're doing a graphical update to it. And the graphical update right now is being done by a, a different company. Uh, it is being done by uh, Kit Fox Games. And Kit Fox Games, as they are updating this game that is extremely deep and dense and unpredictable because it's basically a huge simulation where anything can happen. Almost anything can happen. It is wild. When you read stories about Dungeon Run, Run. (laughs) when you read stories about Dwarf Fortress, it it, it reads, they read like novels. It's wild. Um, So they are trying to turn these ASCII graphics into actual sort of pixel art. And they're releasing a series of blog posts about it over on the steam page for dwarf fortress which is just being released on steam for the first time 
uh, upcoming. Uh, and I highly recommend reading these these blog posts because it's a fascinating look into what that project is like. I can't imagine the complexity and all of the things that they need to do to make it work, to layer on new graphics on a very old, very deep, very rich, very dense game. So check that out. I highly recommend checking it out uh, over on the Steam page for Dwarf Fortress. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Rich Grisham and Christian Spice for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us in real time, making the show better. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those awesome bumpers. Thanks to each and every one of you who listened to the show. We are grateful for you. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.